If you're ready to unlock your potential to transform the world around you, then join us here on the Love and Leadership Podcast as we dive into the art of leadership, exploring cutting-edge strategies and timeless wisdom, empowering you to become the exceptional leader you were born to be. You'll learn from inspiring interviews with visionaries, changemakers, and thought leaders who give us practical and actionable real-life leadership strategies, and we'll celebrate authenticity and empathy because leadership is about connecting with others on a profound level. So if you're ready to transform your leadership journey, don't miss a single episode of the Love and Leadership Podcast. Subscribe today for access to a wealth of wisdom, inspiration, and actionable strategies. Let's redefine leadership and create a world where every leader leads with love, passion, and purpose. Welcome to the Love and Leadership Podcast, where we bring you interviews with extraordinary leaders who are changing the world. I'm Dr. Beth Merkel, your Love and Leadership Podcast host. Our exciting guest on this episode is Tony Veland, a former defensive back for the Denver Broncos and the Carolina Panthers, who's leading the charge to improve technology education. He's the Director of Business Development at AIM Institute, an Omaha-based nonprofit whose mission is to grow, connect, and inspire the tech talent community through education and career development. Tony is also on the board of directors of Teammates, a nationally acclaimed school-based mentoring program for young people. And he's deeply involved in the Omaha STEM ecosystem, a tremendous effort to boost science and tech education across 12 school districts in greater Omaha. I'm so grateful to you, Tony, for accepting my invitation to join me on the Love and Leadership podcast. Welcome to the show, Tony Vieland. It's so great to have you with us today. Thank you, brother. I appreciate it. I appreciate being on your uh, on your podcast, and I love what you guys are doing. So the chance to be able to come out here and kind of give my insight would be great. Fantastic. This is uh, for those of you tuning in. Tony and I just kind of met, um, not by chance, but because I read an article that he wrote about um, the needs for. Uh, for STEM field in, well, at least in the Omaha area, but I think that applies to the STEM field at large. And I'm working on a grant with my university to support STEM students from the time they start their degree to the time they finish their degree. So I saw a lot of overlap and I thought, well, this would be a great opportunity to really talk about something we haven't talked about yet on Love and Leadership Podcast, and that's the STEM field in particular. And I know that um, you have so many insights into leadership from your football career, which was stellar, and your uh, career in finance, um, and now you're focusing in on STEM, but you bring all of that understanding of leadership into this into this uh, field. So I'm excited to uh, talk about this with you today. And I'm wondering, could you just give us a little bit of background about how, how did you get, how'd you get here? <laughs> how'd you get here with AIM Institute? <laughs> well, well, uh, well, it's kind of interesting. I, I, I really don't have, uh, even though AIM focuses on uh, tech field, I really don't have that much of a background in, in tech. Um, you know, I'm born and raised here in Omaha, Nebraska and um, went to, Business high school ended up going to University of Nebraska Lincoln. Uh, majored actually in engineering, um, and I got two and a half years in in engineering, 
and figured that wasn't the field that I wanted to go into. Uh, so I ended up changing and I going and going into business. So I graduated with graduated with a degree in interdiscipline um, studies, which was engineering and, and basic business. Um, I got that degree and ended up fortunately getting drafted to the NFL. I played in the NFL for three years, two years for the Denver Broncos, one year for the Carolina Panthers. Um, and if anybody knows anything about NFL, it generally stands for not for long. So <laughs> once that was done, um, I made a transition into the world of finance. Um, I saw some things that happened in in a football where people were kind of mismanaging uh, funds and, and kind of made me want to help people be better stewards of their of their finances. And so I went into that field for about 15 years. Um, and then one day I was I was sitting at my desk and I ended up getting an email from the guy who gave me my first job out of college. And he kind of talked about um, this organization, um, AIM, and kind of what they were doing in the, in the tech field. And um, at that particular time, I was comfortable with where I was at. Um, I wasn't necessarily thinking about leaving, but he knew that I was someone who was always highly involved in, in doing things for the community, um, especially things for the youth. Um, and so I went ahead and, and looked at the opportunity to, to get involved with AIM and you know, when I found out that they're a nonprofit that focuses on um, providing tech opportunities to those who are underserved in our communities, especially those who, you know, come from communities like mine, you know, um, you know, underserved populations, you know, people who look like me. When I found out that that was something that we're doing, I mean, I kind of wanted to jump in with with two feet. You know, you can you can see my screen in the back. You know, I have the the football jersey up, so I, you know, sports. It has been a huge part of my background and I can talk to people till I'm blue in the face with, with sports. But when it comes to kids and it comes to opportunities, you know, being able to take care of yourself in a sports arena, that's that's something that's not a high probability, you know, when it comes to talking to kids. And so I wanted to have something that would be a better platform that all kids could be pretty much, you know, gravitate towards. Mm-hmm. And tech is it. You know, tech is tech is just it because, you you know, every kid has a cell phone. Every kid has, a, you know, uh, apps, they have social media, they have uh, video games, all these things that they're using as a consumer. But, you know, there are, are tech jobs and, 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 and opportunities out there that they could take advantage of if they're just made aware, if they're pushed towards that space and, and if they take advantage of the resources that are actually, that are actually out there. So so when I found that out, I was like, let me let me jump in this and let me see if I can help, you know, kind of solve the problem out there. Excellent. I see, uh, again, so many connections between, you know, what we do. The university I work for has a social justice mission where we work to make sure that everyone who, uh, well, our undergraduate is predominantly female. So um, all women who want an education, we will do everything in our power to help them get that. And particularly from marginalized populations and um, the, the difference it can make is so powerful. And then when you take an untapped into, if you will, population and match it up with this field that has such great need. Well, I mean, what a perfect match, right? That That's what I'm striving for from the education side. That's what you're striving for from the, um, what, the community connection side. Um, but what if what if I'm a leader in uh, in a company, you know, uh, or an entrepreneurship, and and I'm starting out, or you know, how, how can that person be part of the solution? And I'll take a step back and say, what are the actual what are the actual problems 
that we're facing that you see in from your perspective and how can we as just regular <laughs> leaders for those of you who are just listening i'm air quoting here regular <laughs> listeners um the regular leaders be part of that part of the solution well i mean it's, it's not a it's not an easy you know problem that a lot of companies are facing i mean when we talk about um you know all these jobs that are available in tech well they're available because we have a shortage of in the people of people with those skills right and so especially in this particular area um i was i went to uh, the Nebraska Tech Summit just was about a week ago here, um, and one of the things that I learned was that as a state, as a state, we rank I want to say like thirty fifth or thirty sixth in the number of STEM grads that we actually have here. So okay. that doesn't, you know, bode well if you're trying to find people to actually you know fill those jobs. So you know, as a leader, um, in essence, you've got to you know, do a couple of things. You've got to go outside of the state, you know, to find that need, or you've got to change your hiring practice to find people who aren't necessarily graduating with four-year degrees in those particular fields. And so, you know, I think that is something that a lot of companies are, um, those type of practices that they're actually taking advantage of here. Um, and you've got, you know, th this has got to be more of a, you know, find individuals who have good experience, find individuals who have different backgrounds, um, find individuals who have, you know, maybe more certifications and kind of this, this micro certification, micro mm -hmm. learning um, environment. You know, those are some of the things you're going to have to take advantage of now. Otherwise, you're not going to be able to fill those, you know, those those positions that are available within your organization. Um, and I think this is something that it isn't one particular company that's, that's struggling with this. The, the whole field is, is struggling, you know, whether it's, you know, STEM fields, whether it's the trades, like it's a little bit of everywhere, to be completely honest with you. And so. Um, you've got to bring in resources and, and talk to other other leaders or companies that kind of see, you know, what they're doing to, to handle these problems. But the last thing you can do is, you know, kind of go with the status quo. You know, we've always, you know, um, you know, focused on people with four year degrees and we're not going to change from that. Well, if you're going to change from that, then you're not going to be you're not going to be profitable. You're not going to grow the way you want to. Um, you're not going to be efficient. You're not going to be able to, you know, stay abreast of the new technologies that are that are coming. You know, you've got to, to be able to adapt and change the same as this environment is changing. And so and if you aren't leading the charge, like when it's all said and done, because I think a lot of this stuff has to come from the top down. Right. You know, you have to realize that in order for you to be able to accomplish your goal, there has to be efficiencies that increase within your team, within your organization. And you can't do that if you aren't making sure that you're catering to this pipeline story. Like you, you've got to be able to do some, whether that's, you know, putting resources toward it, whether putting capital to it, whether you're helping with curriculum, whether you're, you know, helping to kind of steer the, the conversation and getting together with education to say, OK, what can we do? to get more people ready quicker and and to get people who um, can actually move the needle actually right now, you know? And so, you know, with one thing, one thing I, I, that I've seen and I've been, you know, doing this thing for the last six years, there are a number of organizations that like to kick this can down the road, so to say, you know, and they're like, well, it's not affected me quite as much. We're kind of getting by. Um, so we're going to keep doing what we're doing well. You know, the technologies are changing more and more every day. Right. That's creating more jobs every day, which means that there's more there's, there's more of a shortage. That shortage is growing. So unless companies are really getting involved and at all levels, you know, at, at the corporate level, at school levels, at you know education levels, you have to be able to get in and say, 
you know, I, I, I want to be part of the solution and actually, you know, put the resources behind to make it happen. I was a tech recruiter. And one of the things that, um, that I, I was particularly good at was noticing those transferable skills. You know, people would come in and say, well, I don't have a four-year degree in programming. Um, well, you know, at the time, I'm, this is Y2K. This is a million years ago, right? You're, you're going, what? I the legends, but it can't be true. No, it was. Um, and so, you know, we had this this n- huge need for um programmers and just couldn't find them, couldn't find them. And one of the things I was really good at was noticing these um, transferable skills. So yeah, they didn't have a degree. They didn't have five years of on-the-job experience with this or that or the other programming language. But what they had uh, was a strong work ethic. What they had was um, a a willingness to learn. What they had was ability to organize. And and these things, I was like, I can work with that. Some exactly. of my most successful recruits would not have um, qualified right. otherwise if it wasn't for these transferable skills. So I see that right. as part of the problem. Let's open up our minds, use our imaginations a little bit. Exactly. Exactly. And, and, and again, you've got to you got to do things that are different, right? Because if you've. You know, in the in the in the past, they've they recruited towards the same people. They recruited for the exact same things. And. You know, you're expecting different results with in the same action, which makes obviously makes no no sense, right? Um, and then we also got to consider, you know, we're we're three years removed, but we're still coming from COVID, right? So you're you're still coming from a situation where, um, you know, people who were sitting on the sideline for quite a while, you know, may have lost jobs or trying to launch into different careers, but they may not have the finance that it takes. You know, to, to dive into a, a four-year career or, or that type of thing. And so you've got to have different ways for people to learn, to learn quickly, and also meet them kind of where they are. And so, you know, that's that's one of the things that I'm proud of that AIM does, because um, we provide for people to get into these certifications basically without the finance, because we've kind of removed that barrier. Um, and as you do that, then it kind of opens the door for people who have, you know, different backgrounds, um, different mindsets. Um, and although you're not you may not get that you know super technical person that you're looking for. It allows you to open the door and be, and be able to, you know, better train them on what's going on within your particular organization. And I think that's one area where most companies are they're just going to have to start doing moving forward, and that's being more part of the training. You know, you can't just reply re- re- rely on just education to get your kids ready to get those applicants ready um, any longer because technologies are changing too fast. You know, so there's obviously a core foundation that they need to have. But once they come to your door, like they, it, it needs to be on you. It needs to be on you as, as an organization to kind of change your environment to be, listen, we are about continuous learning. We're trying to make sure that not only are we staying abreast of the things that are coming, but we want to start, want these people that are, that are coming in to understand that we're all about development. You know, about development of the company, we're about staying in the forefront of technologies, but we're also about the development of our people. And and if we are, you know, putting those things forward, that's not only going to help the company, you know, that's going to help with retaining people, you know, because, you know, people are coming in, they want to know that I have a chance to to move up the level, you know, to move up the, the corporate ladder. And and the, the, the best way to somewhat stay recession proof as a person, so to say, is to keep learning. To keep learning so as things change, you know, you're 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 abreast of it and you're are able to, you know, 
provide value regardless of what the situation is. So, so I think that's really a key, a key thing that companies have to do moving forward. So what can I, what can I do? What, um, uh, let's say, um, you know, Beth Merkel, middle manager at, you know, a large corporation or hospital system or whatever. Um, I, I really want to be part of the solution. W what are some steps I can do possibly through AIM, um, Institute or in general with the community to to get these people in to open this this door to opportunity. Well, uh, one thing that you can do is, is you know we have pro we have youth programs that we allow subject matter experts to come in and just kind of talk about what their journey has been. You know, so it allows you to kind of get in front of in front of kids and and let them know that even though this field is is huge and and it can be um, a little scary to get into you know, that you don't necessarily have to be scared. It doesn't have to be um, a direct road to, to where you are. You know, I think that's one thing that, that kind of scares, you know, people that, you know, if I didn't grow up with a tech background, if I didn't get a, a degree in tech, then there's no way that I can get into this field. And that's number one, that's not the case. You know, a lot, a lot of us, you know, get from A to B going here, 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 and here before, <laughs> before we got there, right? So if we can, you know, share that, yeah, you know, right? <laughs> so if we can share that story with, with kids, I think that makes it less daunting. Um, you know, another thing is is to kind of be able to share the story um, and, and, you know, show, you know, people who are actually out there that, you know, in order for us to be able to move the needle, it takes human capital. Right, right, right. It takes people caring. It takes people, you know, coming in, either helping with, you know, curriculum or coming in to um, be a speaker or to or to come in and and just kind of open the door to people who may not know where to look. You know, mm -hmm. um, you know, one thing that's 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 always been really important to me is, is the networking aspect of everything we do. Right. Because as we network, we, I find out what you're interested in. You find out what I'm interested in. And sometimes we can actually share that with the people within our own bubbles. And that's how, you know, this conversation, you know, grows and, and blooms and and we get bring more people to the table to actually solve some of these issues. Um, another thing is to if you know of either individuals or companies who are really trying to, um, you know, grow in this space or have an impact in this space, connecting, you know, kind of connecting them to us. You know what I'm saying? Because the, the, the more you bring people to the table, um, the more resources that we're going to have. And, you know, they may have people that may be able to help with some of those other things as well. So I think just just kind of talking and and and, you know, kind of sharing what the message is, but actually really getting involved, you know, coming in and seeing, you know, what happens with the kids, see what happens when people go through our our code school, um, sharing the internships and, and, and apprenticeship opportunities that are out there, because that's in essence where we want people to end. Right. You know, you want to start towards a career. The end goal is actually finding a job or starting your own company in this particular space and making sure we have the resources in between that will help facilitate a lot of that. In my research working with STEM students, um, and I just completed um, an interview process with first year and second year students from across you know several different disciplines, most mm -hmm. of them healthcare related, but still STEM. Um, and many of them from um, first generation college families and there is this this perception like like I know I'm supposed to go into this but I don't even really know what it is you know I don't know what a, yeah. a whatever a, a chemist or a scientist right. or, you know, does. Right. I know you know I've heard I'll make a lot of money I've heard I've had the <laughs> um, 
you know, but my family's freaked out too. They, they don't know what this is either. Um, so there really is a call and a need for mentoring. That's one yeah. thing they ask for quite specifically. Can I be connected to somebody who does this? Can I shadow them? Can I go to work with them? Can I just talk yeah. with them without a teacher right. hanging around? <laughs> you know, so I have to watch what I say. Right, um, right. And and that is something that that does happen. And when we when we talk, a lot of times when I'm I'm talking to partners, I'm telling them about the programs that we have and and you know ways that they can you know, get involved and volunteer and those and those type of things. And you know, sometimes they're actually help asking, actually asking, you know, can we have kids come to our place? You know, can they can actually see, you know, kind of what we're doing? Can they shadow? Because like it, it goes both ways. We need for the kids to be able to see the workplace and to see what's what's coming you know, down the line. But the companies also need people to be able to kind of market what they're doing, you know, a way to connect oh, yeah. to new talent, to be able to connect to, to youth and, and present because that that helps with recruiting that, that helps also with brand exposure. You know, a lot of these kids don't only think about the companies that are out there because they're, they're in their bubble. They were school, you know? So, I mean, I can remember when I graduated going to college, there was only really two companies that I knew really well. And that was first national and UP, but that was because they did programs within our schools. You know, if you have some of those companies that really want to be exposed to kids, that's the way to do it. You know, find a school that you'll find a school that you can either adopt or do some type of program with that, that kind of talks about you know, kind of what you do and kind of the career development path. And, you know, those kids aren't going to forget that, you know, so when they, when they it's time for them to graduate, they're trying, trying to get into a job. They're not necessarily going to go out of state automatically going to be like, Hey, well, this particular company aim, they helped me do X, Y, Z. Maybe I see if there's an opportunity there. So those things actually kind of come full circle as long as you're getting involved when kids are young. Well, you know, if you think about it, um, product marketers have been doing that for generations, right? Well, right. <laughs> I was just watching my grandkids play with, you know, Tonka toys or, you yeah. know, whatever, or John Deere um, toys. And, and I'm like, hmm, <laughs> it, it, it works, right? right. So we right. talk to people about their options or create a um, an emotional connection. Right. I'm not saying manipulation here. I'm saying information. Um, and create that emotional connection while they're still young and formative and looking for those opportunities. I could even see this going to junior high school and just going in for career days and that kind of thing, like you said. And and I I think it's it's important, like, again, just to get involved from a younger perspective, because I think the studies show that if you wait to high school to kind of introduce them to tech, then odds are they, they probably won't stay in it. But if you reach them while they're middle school or younger, then they have a chance to really you know, gain an affinity with it and, and, and hopefully you know, pick that particular career. So that's why it's important that we're trying to reach kids younger. And look, kids are, kids are already ingrained in technology. You know, they, they, they just, they, just well, they know all, how to use it. They, they don't know, know where how to it comes use it. From. Well, right. They, exactly. <laughs> but but that, that's where it starts, right? That's where it starts. But, but I think the other side of this is um, even as kids are younger, just letting them know that there are different pathways that they can, they can choose towards these fields. Right. And, yeah. and even though tech is, 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 is big, is huge and there are different industries, tech is touching every industry. STEM is touching almost every industry. That's how industries are moving forward. Right. So, you know, almost anymore, every company is is a tech company. So it's just really you know, teaching kids about what the opportunities are there for you. I and mean, then let them know that 
you, know, you may not understand this, but you can make pretty good money in this field if you stay, you know, in the in this field. And so, mm-hmm. so it's, it's really about the awareness. It's really, it's really about access. It's really about you know reaching them when they're young, um, and then allowing this this whole ecosystem to kind of benefit both parties. I I, I see the wisdom in that, and just um, opening up their minds. Uh, so everybody needs. We don't know what we don't know, right. and we can't even form intelligent questions until we have some information. And the earlier we get some level of information to people, the earlier they can start asking questions and finding out the answers. And then if there's an organization like AIM and a tech community surrounding them to help support that exploration, um, hopefully, I mean, it sounds like in theory that that's a a big part of the solution to building that tech community that will feed the industry. Of course, of course, they've got got all the information. And again, we don't expect every kid that we expose to, you know, the the programs that we do in tech to to go into that field. But in our mind, like they should have the, they should have the access. They should know that it's available to them. You know, Mm -hmm. in in the past, there's, there were a lot of, you know, underserved populations that just didn't know it was available, you know? And and so we, we need to solve that problem. Right. Now, again, um, as uh, I always think about it from from the other side, from from my listener side and say, um, OK, uh, if, if I am a leader, how what action steps do I take? Yes, I want to be a, a leader. I want to be a mentor, um, even through something like teammates. And you're on the board of directors mm-hmm. of teammates. So that's a, a wonderful way to get involved and let young people know their options. But um, let's face it, this this kind of involvement takes time and money mm-hmm. um, and effort. So how do I um, convince the powers that be in my organization to give me some time, to give my people on my team some time, to invest a little bit of money in, in this effort? Uh, because without it, it's just we're just going to go back to that status quo. We've got to have some investment. What arguments can we make to to convince uh, the powers that be that this is a good idea? <laughs> well, well, I, well, I think it, it's going to come down to um, how is your talent being filled, right? Are, are you are you finding the people you know that you want, you know? And if you aren't, how do you propose that that you're going to solve that problem? You know, that's that's kind of where it comes down to. Most most companies they aren't necessarily they aren't finding a talent number one, but they definitely are finding diverse talent too. You mm-hmm. know, so if you aren't finding that talent, what are you doing to help the problem, especially in the areas that you're looking for? And if you aren't doing anything, in this, in essence, you've got to come to a realization that if I don't change anything, this problem that we have is only going to grow. You know, that's number one. Um, number two, people who are looking to work for companies are becoming so much more socially aware and socially conscious that if companies aren't doing thing in the community that they won't consider that working for that company you know this younger generation they they want companies who are doing amazing things they they you know they're because of social media they see all the stuff that's actually going on right and then they see the injustices and and those type of things and so they're much more aware and they want to know that not only are they getting, you know, good payment and good benefits and all that stuff, but they want to know that they're working for a good company that actually wants to grow the community. And so mm-hmm. 
you know, this is a way to actually kill two birds with one stone. Like you're thinking long term from a business perspective. I need more people in this pipeline because that's going to help my company be more profitable. It's going to help me grow my diversity numbers. It's going to help me grow all those type of things. But the other side of that is no longer is this just a moral ethical question anymore. It's a, it's a business question. Right. I need to have more diverse people in my on my team because the studies show that more diverse workforces, they have better ideation and long term, they bring in more money. So from a business perspective, I need to be doing this. Right. The third part of this is that I need to grow a community. Yes. Right. If, I, if I'm within my community, I need to be doing things that's not just taking from the people who are within my community. I need to be giving back. I need to be making sure that I'm empowering those people who we're providing services for. But we're also you know, getting their dollars from from using our services. This is how we're giving back. You know, we're providing opportunities for people who may be in marginalized situations, may be in situations that they just haven't had you know, a lot of opportunity in the past. We're creating that opportunity. We're giving them a chance to build up their families. We're giving them a chance to maybe get out of a cycle of poverty. We're giving them a chance to connect with people that um, will provide resources for them to upskill and upgrade their lives. You know, I think, in my opinion, that's really kind of the trade-off. And I don't think that, I mean, if you can't listen to that particular you know, argument, I think something's wrong with you as a leader. I mean, that that's yeah. that's just my my own opinion, you know. So, And don't get me wrong. I know that there are some, there are a number of leaders who have, you know, particular um, things that they're trying to to accomplish, goals and 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 the like. So you you kind of have to juggle all those things. But every company has you know some part of you know community building that they're charged with doing on a yearly basis, right? So why not have something that can actually build up the community, but also address your business issue at the same time, long term. Mm-hmm. And that's that's the essence. A lot of the times when I'm talking to to companies, that's the argument that I'm presenting to them. So that's so interesting because I mean, in the in the same way that you said STEM touches every aspect of mm-hmm. our lives, uh, building the community, build, building the STEM community, just affects every aspect yeah. of our community. I, right. you know, financially, um, you know, socioeconomically. Uh, just in terms of retaining brain power by giving right. them something to do, uh, the way that our organizations uh, problem solve, which you know, is critical that we have to be able to problem solve quickly and you know, from so many different perspectives. This is all stuff that I uh, teach in my MSOS. Right. Over and over and over again. There's such right. power in diversity. In some areas of the country, it can be really hard uh, as much as we try to be, and I'll say uh, specifically racially diverse, it can be really difficult to, um, to, to make those connections. And it, it, it can, but I, I will say, and this is just my my personal um, observation, I would say that diversity in itself, I mean, racism and all those type of things that, in my opinion, especially here, there are plenty of haves to take care of the have nots, right? I, I think there's plenty of that, but I think a lot of it doesn't happen because there's a perception of um, people or perception of an area that scares people away from coming together. 
you know, mm-hmm. and, and I think that, you know, if we can get past that, um, then I think, you know, sky's the limit because there are plenty of people who, you know, live in disadvantaged areas who are amazing people and who can do, you know, quite a bit. And if the two aren't scared and they can get past kind of their, you know, stereotypes of each other, I think so much, you know, can happen, you know, mm-hmm. but, that's, but we have to kind of get past, you know, those, those, what we've, you know, been taught in our minds about, you know, this side of the road or that side of the road. Listen, we got to think about what the goal is. You know, the goal is to help each other. We were all put here on earth to serve each other, not to serve ourselves, but to serve each other. So if we can put all that crap, you know, aside and kind of come together, then I think it'll be easy to, you know, help those people who just haven't had access to opportunity and those type of things. And and so once that happens, you know, I think this 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 place will move forward quite a bit. But I think as, as a leader in the business, you have a lot of times you have the resource and you have the power to be able to to make things happen in this area. And I, and I think that's something that people should should continue to do. I absolutely agree. As you were talking um, in my mind, I, I get these like big neon words that flash in my brain. And this one was story. And you relate, you referred to telling the story. We have to be part of the story. We have to tell the story, um, even as we're helping to create the story. Right. And I think by building those connections to people that um, are just different than us in any way and every way. I mean, it's it's just more interesting. Life is more interesting if I can share my story with somebody that um, that has never understood my perspective before and then I listen to theirs, uh, whether it's uh, race, ethnicity, um, sociocultural status, whether it's, um, you know, physical ability, mental ability, uh, uh, different religions, perspectives, whatever the difference is uh, to really connect with people, share the story, hear theirs, build community. As I would tell my students, what we're doing in the process, we're connecting as human beings and we're collecting data, right? Yeah. I'm, I, I tend to go back to that science geek that's <laughs> was for a long time buried deep inside of me, but here it is. Um, and um, yeah, so by sharing who and what we are, we're offering this data for other people to collect. And, right. and by hearing the stories, we're listening and we're, we're collecting data. And then we can make these meaningful connections in our, our communities and, and in our own companies. Exactly. And say, hey, wait a minute. You know, you, you say you don't have a degree yet, but I understand that, you know, I'm he- what I'm hearing you say is this, this, and this. And right. that sounds a lot like you'd fit in well with my company. So what can we do to help you complete that degree? And let's call Tony at AIM Institute. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Love that. (laughs) So who was it? Um, I'll attribute this to Maya Angelou. I'm not 100% sure it was hers, but um, you, you can't hate somebody whose story you know. And when we let down those barriers, if we had piles of money, you know, but the money was, you know, some were in, some was quarters, some was dollars, some was gold, you know, right. we, we wouldn't ignore any of it. Right? We would use it all no matter what it looked like or, or seemed like. And, and how much more valuable is this human spirit, is this human um, energy we can bring to each other. Right. 
Right. So, I agree. Completely yeah. agree. I'm, I'm preaching now. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. I'm listening to the sermon. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> this is fantastic. So what I'd like to do is just kind of come full circle and mm-hmm. recap. If you wanted our audience, um, and, and again, let's see, these are people who are um, who are already in leadership roles or who are uh, wanting to advance into leadership roles, are, are looking for ways to really get some solid understanding of what they can do. What would you like them to walk away from this podcast knowing and thinking, I can do this and I can do that? Um, I would say if you're, if you're trying to connect around, um, you know, this problem of, you know, the tech talent shortage and those types of things, um, connect with us at AIM, you know, connect with um, the Omaha STEM ecosystem, you know, connect with the Nebraska Tech Collaborative because we're all doing things to, um, you know, move the move the needle in this area. Um, and it, the other part of this is that we're connected to a lot of other organizations who, who you know, see how important the problem is. And we're, we're creating platforms where we can all come together, you know, and, and kind of solve this problem because it's, you know, it, it, it is a big issue. Um, and there are a lot of people who you know, want to come in and, 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 you know, help in some way, some shape, some form. But what we're also trying to do is make sure that everybody stays in a lane that allows us to be efficient with what we're trying to do. You know, mm-hmm. right? yeah, we have schools that are coming in. We have education pieces that are coming in. We have um, advocacy that comes in. We have business that comes in. We have nonprofits that come in. And so, in order to be able to find your lane, you know, it would be great for you to be able to come to the table um, and kind of understand what we're doing, understand what, you know, what your strengths are so we can find out, you know, where where you'd be the most helpful, you know. So, um, you know, reach out to me um, at the aiminstitute.org. I would love to, you know, get any, anybody involved who, you know, has a heart to help the community, but also wants to solve a business problem as well. Um, and I can and I can definitely get you involved in, in some different ways. Fantastic. We'll have um, your contact information, links to all of the organizations that you mentioned um, in the show notes. So uh, you'll be able to get in touch with Tony Veland, no problem. Now, Tony, is, is Ames Reach specific to the greater Omaha area? Or if I'm in Kansas City or Seattle, Washington, can I contact you, um, AIM, and, and get connected somehow? So we, we are uh, specific to Nebraska. Um, we do more in the Omaha area. We also have um, satellite office in Scotts Bluff. Um, so we're really trying to focus more on, on our local talent growth. Mm-hmm. Um, but we do have some events and some programs that actually would benefit organizations that are actually outside of the state. Um, we put on a, a software development conference every year called the Harlem Developers Conference. And if you're an organization who you know, maybe looking for developers um, and maybe looking to, you know, market development in this particular area. We would be a we would be great organization for you to be able to uh, take advantage of. Please reach out to me with that. The other side of it is we also provide services and tech leadership. We have um, an advanced leaders program and an emerging leaders program for our emerging leaders will be for somebody who's a tech star and they're thinking about going into management. You know, they don't know for sure. But they're thinking about that. You know, a lot of times we find somebody who's really, really good at something and we, we want to 
have them manage somebody. Well, sometimes, you know, great performers don't end up being good managers, you know, and so this gives a chance for people to kind of kick the tires of it, right? You know, find out what these are the issues that you have to deal with. You know, these are the concerns and these are the, these are the things you're going to have to do. So it's a program that allows them to kind of see, is this the route I want to go? You know, that's our emerging leaders. And then we have an advanced leaders program for people who are already in tech management. You're doing really good. You've been doing it three or four years, but you need to kind of upskill, you know, your management. Mm-hmm. You need to or your leadership, you know, develop a little bit further. And so we have, we have, um, you know, cohorts that do that as well. And that can be, you know, done across the state as well. So, so we do have ways for people to, to still serve. Um, and if they just want to, you know, they see what's going on in the Nebraska area, they want to, you know, help and bless us to, to grow our youth programs, you know, we'd love for them to do that as well. Fantastic. And it, you just heard where Tony's in my world absolutely uh, collide and mix so beautifully. Yeah. It's in that, uh, that, you know, the tech leaders and, you know, and the uh, uh, advanced leadership and just yeah. really understanding that we can do something really well. Right. But that doesn't necessarily mean we can lead somebody right. to do the same thing really right. well. And so just, uh, again, it's about advancing those skills and knowing what's out there, what opportunities you have, whether it's MSOL, whether it's through the AIM Institute, um, to just say, what skills do I need and how do I advance those? And then once you have those in your toolbox, then you can look around and go, okay, I'm ready to share, you know, like, okay, um, where's that person I'm going to mentor and um, create a, a greater purpose to my role and my job by sharing it around and creating those um, connections you talked about and sharing the story. It all just keeps coming full circle. That's right. (laughs) And we need to connect on that level. Um, So thank you for that. Um, Obviously, I get all excited about these things. It makes me so happy. So what what would you like us to know about? I know you, you touched a little bit on it, but is there anything else specifically uh, that you'd like to promote or, or uh, tell us about or connect us to uh, what's going on in Tony Vialin's world? Um, you know, I, honestly, I mean, I, I, I like to focus on, um, you know, things with AIM and, and, and also with Team A. So I'll, I'll just say if, there, if you are looking to, you know, support a couple of organizations that I think are having a really good impact, um, in the community, really good impact on the people. Um, you know, obviously, I got to you know promote AIM Institute. You know, again, we're we're trying to provide opportunities for people to get into tech, and and it, we serve K to gray, so it doesn't matter whether you're whether you're young or old. Um, so, you know, would love for you to consider either volunteering or you know consider you know financially blessing us because obviously as a nonprofit, it takes those type of resources to be able to expand our reach. So, we'll love that. Um, the other side is um, you even mentioned it. You know, teammates, I've been with teammates for the last 12 years, um, mentoring with them um, and also sit on the board. And and I, there isn't I don't think there's anyone I know who's been really, really successful who hasn't had a mentor along the way. You know, and, and you know, considering the problems that, you know, kids have you know faced through COVID and considering the distraction that they have with social media and all this other stuff out there. They need people um, who've been through it to kind of help them, you know, guide them through the landmines and, and just guide them through life in general, you know. And so every experience that you've experienced as an adult is something that these kids can benefit from, you know. And, and we, all, we all need, again, 
you know, help each other and 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 be better servants, uh, you know, for the people that were that were here on Earth with. So, we'll love for people to consider being a mentor. You know, teammates.org, um, school based pro- school based program, um, and we're always looking for people to to help our kids. I think this is the beginning of the conversation, Tony. Uh, there's there's so much more for us to connect over, and so much more uh, to talk about for exactly. our love and leadership um, audience. So. Thank you so much for being our guest today, kind of walking us through some of the unique um, and kind of not so unique uh, problems that the tech field is facing today and letting us know that there are solutions and that we can, when we come together, we are much more uh, solutions oriented and we're much more likely to solve them for the long run, not kick the can down the road. <laughs> Right, exactly. No, thank you again for having me on. I really appreciate it. And I really appreciate you drawing attention to to some of these issues. Again, it's, you know, we all have talents. We all have resources. We just need to bring them together for the common good. That is so true. And thank you for tuning in to the Love and Leadership Podcast. Please be sure to subscribe, like, share this episode, and hit that notifications button so you won't miss out on a single thing. I hope you enjoyed this episode and that it inspired you to be part of the solution to some of the biggest issues we face in STEM and all leadership fields. Remember that leading with love is a superpower that transforms the world around us. So let's go out there and make a difference, one love and act at a time. I'm Dr. Beth Merkel, and I can't wait to connect with you again on the next episode of Love and Leadership. Thank you for joining us on this incredible journey we call Love and Leadership. Now it's time for you to take action and unleash your true leadership potential. Here are four easy steps you can take today. Number one, subscribe. Hit that subscribe button. Number two, share. Share the love with your friends, colleagues, and fellow leaders. Number three, connect to our Love and Leadership community by clicking the link below. And finally, take the knowledge and wisdom that you've gained from this podcast and put it into action. The Love and Leadership Podcast is more than just a podcast, it's a movement. Together, let's rewrite the leadership narrative and create a world where love, passion, and purpose thrive. I can't wait to see the incredible impact you'll make as a love and leader. Stay tuned for our next episode, and until then, lead on with love. A Huda Media Production.